0: Welcome to the Daily Dive Weekend Edition. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and every week, my producer Miranda and I explore the top stories making waves in the news, and some that are just plain interesting. We connect you with the journalists and people who know the story, and bring you news without the noise, so you can make an informed decision. You can catch a new episode of the Daily Dive every Monday through Friday, and it's ready when you wake up. On the Weekend Edition, we will be bringing you some of the best stories from the week. One of the big technological stories of the week was that of Google offshoot Waymo launching their commercial ride hailing service in Arizona. The difference with this is that it's all about the future and all about robots and self-driving cars. Waymo has been working on this stuff for quite some time now, and they decided to launch their new service Waymo One, which is this self-driving car. You uh, Just like Uber and Lyft, you'll order it on your app. The car will come out to you. But it's going to be doing all the driving. I think in the beginning, they still have a human sitting behind the wheel just in case. But sooner rather than later, it's just going to be a car showing up by itself. We spoke to Russ Mitchell with the L.A. Times to talk about robots on the road. And we started off by talking about how big a deal this is for the industry And how it all works
1: it's been called a historic milestone in the development of robot cars because it's the first truly commercial opportunity for people to pay to drive in a driverless car however at this point it is limited to a few hundred customers who have been preselected and they will also have an engineer behind the wheel of the car the important part is they'll be able to summon the car with a app on their phone although there will be a Google engineer in the car the car will drive itself and it won't be long they won't say exactly how long, but it won't be too long before the cars will show up with no human inside to pick passengers up and take them from here to there.
0: What kind of cars are they using and how are these new fares going to be comparable to Uber and Lyft?
1: Most of the cars in their fleet are Chrysler Pacifica vans, hybrid vans. It's very similar to Uber and Lyft, except there won't be a human driver.
0: How much are they saying that Waymo could be valued because of this stuff?
1: A lot. Nobody knows for sure. They're kind of throwing darts at the uh, dartboard, but the dartboard ranges from a valuation of $50 billion to $175 billion by different Wall Street estimates for Waymo alone, if Waymo were split off from Google. People who study this market and study transportation and industry believe that not only will this have tremendous social and economic impacts, it will also have a business impact of creating an industry, depending on how you count it, will be certainly in the hundreds of billions and possibly over a trillion dollars a year
0: waymo is the leader in this right now everyone else is getting into the game as i said uber was doing stuff i think they scaled back what they were doing with driverless cars gm as we know was laying off a lot of workers and a lot of plants because they're refocusing on electric vehicles and driverless vehicles. And the demand is there even for Waymo. They have this early rider program, which was their beta testing version of all this stuff. They attracted like 20,000 applicants, even though they only used about 400 people.
1: That's right. Waymo is widely considered to be in the lead. I would guess that if you really knew the, the science and engineering behind it, there may be other companies that have a better approach in, in one aspect or another, the way a sensor might work. but. They they've been at it the longest. They have a lot of money behind it. They have Google's mapping program already, which gives them a head start. They're already advanced in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Those are all benefits, but there are other players in the game. Ford has a company subsidiary called Argo that is building driverless systems. GM, as you mentioned, has GM Cruise, which was supposed to be deploying commercial service in San Francisco by the end of this year. That apparently has been delayed by months. And there's various other companies that are uh, Uh, building their own systems, both in the U.S. and around the world, including in uh, China, where there are lots of of big Chinese companies that are also developing this technology.
0: One of the funny notes in your article was that Waymo had their early writer program. As I said, it was kind of their beta version of this thing. So now they have Waymo 1. And one of the only differences really is that a lot of these customers now won't be required to sign non-disclosure agreements. So they get That's to right. they get to talk about the experience now. And I, I've just read some people that have taken early rides in these things and they say that the rides are largely uneventful. They it drives like a normal person sometimes. One of the accounts I saw was, the uh, you know, the car slows down for speed bumps, accelerates for lane changes, and it even overshot the crossing line and reversed itself so it can uh, make way for pedestrians. But, you know, this technology is still early. And as I was saying, it's all about safety. And that's why they're still rolling it out in, in such small numbers.
1: There's still a lot of work to do. There are cases where a human driver might react in one way and the robot system would react in another and they have to iron those things out. In fact, you know, I've been driven in several robot cars. The first time I got in one, it was kind of exciting for about a minute and then it became kind of boring. It, <laughs> right. It is,
0: Isn't that what you want though, right? You want it to yeah, be absolutely. uneventful because that's then you feel better about it.
1: Absolutely. Although there are some quirks, like you mentioned, like going into a crosswalk and then backing up. The state of California tracks accident reports with driverless cars. Almost all of them have been minor, but they've been uh, mostly situations where a driver in another car bumped into the driverless car because the driverless car was not behaving like a human. Often making a right-hand turn on a red light would start to move forward and then brake suddenly. Maybe it saw a plastic bag flying somewhere and got freaked out and pressed the brake where a human wouldn't do that. You mentioned the crosswalk. There aren't a lot of drivers that are going to back up because they went a few inches into a crosswalk. <laughs> right. So there are going to be uh, incidents like that. And frankly, there will be some, and everybody in the industry expects that there will be some crashes and deaths with these things. They believe that the rate will be at a lot smaller rate than uh, deaths and injuries caused by human drivers. And you just have to, you know, drive around and look at people being distracted by their cell phones or their infotainment systems. And I'm sure you and I are both uh, guilty of that on occasion. There are good reasons to think that these will be safer. Nonetheless, there will be accidents that the media will, because it's the media and it's to be expected, will play up and people will notice.
0: Well, in the meantime, the future is here. It's starting in Arizona with Waymo One, and it'll be exciting to see how this technology really does continue to develop. Russ Mitchell with the LA Times. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. We've been hearing for some time this growing trend of something called cyber flashing. It happens a lot with people that have iPhones. There's a feature on the iPhone called AirDrop. It uses Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, and you can send pictures, videos, files to somebody nearby. It actually works great for sending large amounts of files and things like that. But this technology helps people become creeps so much easier People are randomly sending others lewd pictures of their uh, private parts and an unsuspecting person will open up their phone. You get the preview and before you can deny it, you already seen the picture. So it's become such a problem that the New York City Council, two members there, proposed a bill that would punish people who are sending these cyber flashing pics with uh, up to a year in jail, maybe a thousand dollar fine. We spoke to Issy Lepowski. She's a senior writer for Wired To discuss this, we started off by talking about the bill in New York, what it addresses and if it will work.
2: These two city council members are basically saying, if you step on the New York City subway and you pull down your pants, you're going to get arrested or (laughs) you can get arrested at least. The same does not apply to these cyber flashers, people who send these sexually explicit images via airdrop. But remember, that's only one use case here. The bill is addressing all sexually explicit photos or videos that are sent to somebody with the intent to harass, alarm or annoy them. So that covers a whole range of harassment that happens on different social platforms. It's airdrop, but it's also, you know, you can imagine this happening on platforms like Facebook and Twitter. You can certainly imagine it happening on dating platforms like Tinder. The council members are particularly interested in the airdrop problem because they personally have heard a lot of stories from people about this happening. It's important to note that when Apple gives you your iPhone, the airdrop setting is set automatically to only receive airdrops from your contacts. So in order to have received You know, an unsolicited picture like this from a stranger, you would have had to already override your settings. But a lot of people do that because there are various reasons why you might need to receive an airdrop at at different times. So, this bill is essentially intending to catch these perpetrators. The problem is going to be with enforcement.
0: Let's get into that notion of enforcement. And, uh, you know, the big problem is the anonymity with this thing because you can nickname your phone. You know, my name's Oscar, but I can name it Charles. And then when I airdrop you something, it's going to be coming from Charles's phone. It's not going to show that it's me. And there's other differences, too, where digital trails are pretty weak. So what do we know about that
2: part? Right. So I worked with a Mac forensics specialist named Sarah Edwards, who was so kind as to do an experiment on her own where she took two different iPhones and tried to sort out the digital trail if you send an airdrop from one to the other. And despite her best efforts, and she's sort of regarded as the Expert in this field, she could not find a definitive link. As you said, you can change your phone's name. If you have an iPhone, you could change it to Samsung Galaxy phone. It can be whatever you want, so it would be pretty hard for law enforcement to track this down. Probably there is some way that they could, but we're talking about the NYPD here and how much they have to right. monitor from terrorism just to to run-of-the-mill crime. This is a sort of a low-level crime in a lot of ways, so you wonder how much resources they're really going to throw out a problem like this. Talking to the council members, they said, sure, you know, this is not going to catch every single instance of harassment. We know that the, they're not technologists. You know, Councilman Borelli said to me, I just learned how to use airdrop. <laughs> I so saw they haven't in thought the article, through yeah. every aspect of this. But they said, you know, a big goal of this legislation is really to deter people, to say that this is a crime and you can be punished for it. And also, there are circumstances where the NYPD does know who perpetrated the And until now, hasn't really had the legislative ability to prosecute these people. And so this would give them that. But the council members are hoping that the tech industry and the NYPD will come in through the hearing process on this bill to help them come up with ways that this will be more applicable to the technology that exists.
0: Yeah, the punishment in this proposed bill is going to be a year of jail time or a $1,000 fine. Police sometimes, they'll know the perpetrators, but they can't get somebody on a crime. In your article, you had pointed a, a case in New York City where a doorman had sent lewd texts to several tenants in the building. Why wasn't that a crime, though? I don't understand. I mean, if they knew it was him, how could, why couldn't they prosecute for him for that? Yeah.
2: Right, because harassment laws vary state to state and in New York state, it heavily hinges on whether there is the intent to harm or the the threat of, of, of physical harm. In this case, police determined that no, while these photos are harassing and while they're sexually explicit, they are not threatening physical harm. And of course, you can debate that a million ways to Sunday because a woman might very well feel threatened physically if her doorman is sending her images like this. So I think that has been a really tough area you <laughs> for law enforcement to enforce in New York State because the law is written that way. And it's written that way because you don't want to accidentally write the law so that it incorporates all types of innocent behavior. So, right. for instance, if you send a nude photo to your spouse and your spouse is consenting to receiving this photo, that shouldn't be considered criminal behavior in the law's eyes. And so you don't want to make the law so broad and so vague that it couldn't in- include behavior that is otherwise innocuous, both for a practical standpoint, because you don't want your citizens to have to face this kind of undue burden, but also from a legal standpoint, because laws that are overly broad and overly vague can be more easily thrown out. You know, one simple fix would be for Apple to change its airdrop feature so that you don't automatically receive a preview of an image before you've accepted that image. That seems like basic common sense that that you would have to accept it before you see it. That way you can Um, reject
0: it from its unknown person rejected immediately.
2: Exactly. That's one simple technical fix. And I think the city council members are hoping that they can work with tech companies on more of those changes that don't need to be necessarily coded into law.
0: Well, this bill is going to be coming up next year. So we'll see how that develops. Issy Lepowski, senior writer at Wired. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. A big social media story that happened during the week was microblogging site Tumblr deciding to delete all the adult content and porn from its platform. It caused an uproar with a lot of users who flocked to the site for its art-positive, sex-positive platform that they promoted. And it comes at a time when Tumblr had been removed from the Apple App Store after a an issue with child pornography. My producer, Miranda, joined me to talk about it. And we start off by talking about all the details. What's getting banned and what isn't?
3: Tumblr is planning to permanently ban adult content from its platform on December 17th. And this move is going to eradicate all of the porn-related communities on the platform and completely change how the service is used. So this ban is including anything that's considered to be explicit sexual content and nudity With a few exceptions, banned content includes photos, videos and GIFs of human genitalia, female presenting nipples and any media involving sex acts, including illustrations. So exceptions will include nude classical statues, that kind of thing, political protests that feature nudity and uh, with the new guidelines, that's going to exclude text. So erotica, as far as like written sex stories, are still going to be allowed And um, illustrations that that feature nudity are still okay, as long as sex acts aren't being depicted. Also, you can still post your breastfeeding and afterbirth photos.
0: Yeah, users are going to have a chance to appeal content that has been flagged. They already put out an algorithm just beginning that process saying, hey, this is inappropriate. Come December 17th, all this stuff is going to go. A lot of people are saying that this is in response to... An episode that they had on their platform where child pornography made its way onto there. It actually got Tumblr banned from the Apple App Store for quite some time. I don't think it's back yet even, but something happened there where child porn was able to slip into online.
3: Right. And Tumblr says that every image that's uploaded to their platform gets scanned against an industry database of child sexual abuse material to filter out any explicit images of that nature. And so a routine audit discovered content that was missing from that database, which is what allowed whatever this image was, we don't know, we're not, they they didn't describe it to any of us, to slip through their filter. So the content was immediately removed. But yeah, like you said, Oscar,
0: the app is still not available on the App Store, but it is available on the Google Play Store for Androids. Really the backlash of what's happened now is this, this uproar on them banning this adult content is really what's fueling all of these headlines for years. Tumblr had been known as a, sex positive destination for a lot of people people go to tumblr to form these communities similar to like reddit you know on twitter it's much more of a free-for-all attitude you get Mm -hmm. a lot of trolls and whatnot but on tumblr people can go and post their pictures post their stories people would reblog it repost those things it really became a community in and of itself for its part 20 percent of all the clicks that drive tumblr's desktop site were this adult content, things of this nature. So it's a big portion of their business. And a lot of people saying them deleting all this stuff is really spelling the end of Tumblr.
3: Yeah. A lot of people are vowing to not use the site anymore because that, like you said, 20% of their clicks were for this adult content and people were using it as a base for their business. There's sex workers who were profiled in a wired.com piece saying that this is where they would go to kind of give the teaser for their pay websites. So they could go on Tumblr, advertise what they're about, share little bits of it, and then get a fan base built there to generate income for themselves on a pay site.
0: You've heard the term thrown around a lot, but this was a safe space for them where they can curate pictures, things to drive to other business ventures. It was their social media landing point. And now they don't have it. And a lot of these people are saying... We don't know where we're going. Maybe we'll go to Reddit. Maybe we'll go on to Twitter. But a lot of people are saying that they're just going to not use us anymore and it's going to shrink their user base drastically.
3: Is there any part of you, Oscar, because we live in an outrage culture now, You can point to what happened on Monday with Netflix saying they're going to remove friends and then everybody flipped out on the Internet. So Netflix said, "Okay, okay, we'll keep friends. Do you think that is there an element to this that if enough people say no porn, no more Tumblr? That Tumblr will reverse this ruling?
0: Uh, In this case, I don't think so. And you see it with a lot of other social media platforms restricting content, things like that. A lot of people have brought up the issue that Verizon has bought out Tumblr now through a series of acquisitions. You know, Yahoo bought them first. And And they didn't mind the porn. Right. And then Verizon bought Yahoo And it's all about ads. So Verizon doesn't want to put ads on a platform that has a lot of this content on there. So a lot of people are bringing that issue up as that's really the thing. So in this case, I don't think an outcry will bring it back because there are other places. And the CEO said that as much. He said, there's no shortage of places you can get adult content we don't have to be that place. We're focusing more on who is part of our community. And that's the central issue is that all these people that are in these types of communities, the, as they call them, the sex positive communities, that's why they went there. That's why they use the service because they could post all their stuff there. And we'll see where these people kind of land. We may get a new social network site out of this. <laughs> you know, at the at the onset of this, I was like, man, all these headlines, they're making it seem like it's the saddest thing ever that they're <laughs> restricting content, but you know, for these people in these communities, these are this is where they went. So much time and energy to curate their Think blogs. Think of the
3: brownies, Oscar. Think, Think of, of the, the brownies.
0: brownies, right. All right, so we'll see what happens with this, uh, but for now, all your adult content is gone now from Tumblr. Thanks, Miranda. Thanks, Oscar. All right, that's it for us this weekend. Be sure to check out The Daily Dive every Monday through Friday.